Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I'm Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Nitty Delaney, so what? Welcome along, it's the Monday episode. Uh, this is the second attempt we've had at recording this because we had a bit of a technical fuck-up. Mm. In addition to that, uh, Sam, you're recovering from a weekend of glamping. I've mm. been irritable as fuck for whatever reason. I can't figure out all day. So uh, it's probably this this attempt might be even worse than the first one mm-hmm. i don't even know why we're bothering but you know here we go i'll be uh, all right well, we've uh, got stay tuned because we've got um the much anticipated roger taylor's financial yeah. advice coming up which i know a lot of people have got in touch about and he's uh yeah i think he's going to hand out some really useful tips and hints yeah. on your personal yeah. finance so and consumer yeah, advice so. too so stay tuned for that um who knows what's going to happen the rest of it but yeah i've been camping I went off to yeah. a, a sort of a. It, it turned out as, as we half expected when we discussed last week a sort of a a white middle class compound slash cult in Dorset. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, it Your was worst fears confirmed. It was all right, you know. I can't mm. judge it. I should have known what I was getting into, um, mm. you know. And obviously, it's a bit rich me complaining about the amount of white middle class people somewhere as a white middle class person myself, but yeah. Uh, it felt a bit cultish when you arrived at this big stately home in Dorset. You had to leave your right. car and then you load your gear. They, they turn up on a four-wheel buggy, um, four-wheel drive buggy, and then they with a trailer and you load your gear into the trailer and then someone, a really nice, polite person from a lovely mm. family, um, drives you across <laughs> the compound with your wife and kids in this trailer and all the other white middle class people look and smile and some even wave and say hi hiya well, like that and I'm welcome th- to the experience welcome. yeah and I'm thinking these cunts Shit. have drunk the Kool-Aid but I haven't yeah. yet so I'm feeling quite hostile like I want to jump out of the buggy and you know lay oh, one on someone at people. get yeah. your eyes off of me missus you dirty bugger <laughs> stop waving at me kids <laughs> You really felt isolated, I mean, I, Andy, because they have to take you so far away cross country from your car. You, they're more or less announcing to you right from the get go, "You're not going anywhere, cunt. You're staying here, and I'm you're spending the whole it. weekend spent." Because what they have is a load of food stalls, and it's all small batch fucking fair trade coffee here. Then they've got vegan nachos over there, and you know. So everything's on site. You've kind of got no option of just going. Well, in and out and visiting other places and day, stuff. T- day two day three I escaped I had to right Sunday Is I escaped woods? we walked it it was a long hike and found our cars <laughs> in a field and us and the other family we were with we drove off to a beach for the day we found a that little secluded slightly beach slightly forbidden yeah it, it, it was yeah we were I, I, honestly as I was hiking away I had some funny looks from it's like a, it's also a bit like a James Bond baddies place right 
if James Bond, if there was a James Bond baddie who was like, you know, um, a white Southern middle-class Guardian reader who wanted to impose his lifestyle on the entire planet, right? A really passive-aggressive Bond buddy. Yeah, exactly, right? Well-mannered. Yeah, I don't know what what you'd call him. We'll have to write that Bond film. (laughs) Actually, we did have a... Me and Len made up a game when we were there, which is make up a Bond film in one line and then sing the theme tune. And uh, my one was Dirty Eye about a baddie who just... I don't know why, but he just goes round dirty in the eyes of world leaders. Um, <laughs> but then I thought we could extend that, and this is a good one for the listeners, because you can give us the name of the film, a one-line synopsis, who does mm. the theme tune, and also who plays Bond. Because in my one, in Dirty oh. Eye, I wanted Bond to be played by John Nettles, who I always thought would have right. made a brilliant Bond, wouldn't he? I think so, yeah, definitely. In his peak Bergerac years, definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. so much Midsummer Murders. Still, though, if he'd lost a few pounds... Uh, I don't know. Distinguished. Remember, Roger Moore in View to a Kill was about 89. So you can do it. You just use a stunt double for the big action scenes. How would you feel about about Leslie Grantham as Bond? Well, unfortunately, Leslie's dead. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, peak... Pig Grantham. His last, his well, last, now. his last on-screen appearance was with me in the Sam Delaney's <laughs> News Thing Christmas Panto. It was, yeah, um, yeah. And then he went to Bulgaria, and then next thing we knew, he was dead. Next thing, he's brown bread. Um, yeah. yeah, I think he would have been pretty good. I think he looks the part, doesn't he? Mm. What yeah. about okay? What about Todd Carty, but in the Tucker years? A Not really in- young Bond. Teenage Bond. Well, <laughs> well there are some. There are some luck, a, a, not Grain Chill. There's a series of books, isn't there? Young James Bond. Yeah, Charlie. Hickson. Charlie Hickson's wrote some of them. Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple, but I haven't managed to get through them with the kids. But I want to. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, Tucker's Luck era. So not really young. Are we just going people who were in EastEnders now? Because Pete Bailey might have been a good Bond. <laughs> Suzanne Tully. <laughs> Michelle Fowler. <laughs> Bondess. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's the Bond girl. Um, no, you can choose anyone. Mary always... the Punk. Did you see that Cockney knees up that someone sent us last week? I did, yeah. Fucking, it was really good. It was so good. I mean, Pete Beale, I reckon, was on the fanny yeah. powder because he, uh... he went turbo knees up and started getting people arm in arm and spinning round and Fucking stuff. Fucking hell. But I noticed he Mary was, the Punk was, was um, most af- enthusiastic. After he left EastEnders, I remember reading that he was spotted working in the uh, the NCP car park in Soho. Well, I looked quite deeply. Well, that was run by Ronnie O'Sullivan's family, I think. Was it? Yeah. Fucking hell. I was. Um, so he might have been in with them because they were they were part of. Uh, he was he was a proper EastEnder Pete Beale. I know this because yeah. after watching that video, I went into a Pete Beale click hole and, <laughs> and researched loads about him. And he fell out quite badly with the EastEnders bosses. Yeah, he shouldn't have done, though. He was sorted. Yeah. He was sorted, he sorted for, life, for life. Life. job. Yeah, I don't know what they fell out Keeping over. clean. But did you know this, right? He, they let him, they said, whatever had gone wrong, they said, right, we're cancelling your contract, right? Mm. Did you know that Dot Cotton quit in protest right and they both went off together the actor of Pete Bill and Doc Cotton that's June Brown and 
Mm. Can't remember Pete Beale's name now. Peter Dean. Peter Dean, right? Yeah. They formed a production company together. (laughs) For real. They went, right, fuck it, we're both quitting. Or she quit in protest because she was that disgusted. Brown Dean Productions. Brown Dean Productions, right? (laughs) It didn't work out. Um, Dean went in like the news of the world and slagged off EastEnders and did a tell-all what it's really like behind the scenes. Yeah. In response to that... 10 grand. (laughs) In response to that, the the EastEnders producers killed his character off, but remotely. You know, and they just say, he's not in it, you don't see him dying, they just say one day, oh, by the way, Ian, yeah, your dad's dead. Falling off a horse in Arizona. Sorry, mate. Sorry. So he was fucked. And then, ultimate betrayal, when Brown Dean Productions didn't work out, Fucking June Brown went back, cap in hand. And slinking back. She went fucking back. Went, I've, I've thought it over. Like a and actually, fuck Peter Dean. I want to be cotton again. And like, All right, we'll have you back. But you know, we're going to have to pay you less than before. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> I know how this works. Yes. <laughs> That's it, though. You leave these big soaps. And you think the grass is going to be green? It very rarely no. does anyone's Never career is. go up. Can you think of anyone whose career has improved after leaving a soap? Well, there's been a few. I mean, there's like Mike from Home and Away. Oh, he's the, became... uh, yeah, yeah. The Australians usually. Yeah, there's a few in the Australian ones. But, uh, <laughs> from the British <laughs> ones. No, nah. it's fucking Mike from Neighbours. Was it? Yeah. Oh, but yeah, Mike from Neighbours then appeared in Home and Away for a bit, didn't he? Somewhere oh, yeah, else. Okay. Yeah. And then he became Hollywood actor. I don't know if he still is or not. Oh, he's a oh, good no, actor. I can't think of many in British ones. Guy Pearce, that was it. Then he became Guy, Guy Pearce. Pearce yeah. Guy Pearce, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Kylie and, Kylie and Jason. True. Yeah, the Aussie ones. Before. I think even Margot Robbie was in one of those shows. Yeah, she was, wasn't she? Yeah. yeah. But so not anyway. many in the British ones. No. So that's my I'm camping sure the, trick. The, the Lampards will be in touch to tell us. Oh, actually, fucking. There's some who played very small roles. In, yeah, a, and that doesn't count. No, I'm saying if you were a main a main character in Corey or Enders, mm. and then you went off to have an even bigger career outside of Corey or Enders, and you can't have been big to start with, like Shane Ritchie or Martin Kemp or someone like that. No, You've got to no, start no, as don't nothing. try and play that old trick on us. Someone so will. The rules. I know what these fuckers are like. Of course they will. Um, waste our time reading emails um, I bumped into in the first five minutes on this campsite I was very discombobulated so we went up to the coffee store while we were waiting for our mates to turn up and I bumped into some, someone who well two, uh, two people um, with whom m- me and my wife have a blood feud an ongoing 15 year old blood feud and it was like oh no I'd sat the kids at a table and I was thinking, I don't like this place. It's weird. It's like Village of the Damned. Everyone's smiling, going, hiya, hi, hi, guys. It was one of those sorts of places. And then I think I do a double take and I think, oh, no, I'm sure they're those people who we've had a blood feud with. Can you elaborate a little bit on the the details of the 15-year blood feud, please? Well, I'm sure there'll be listeners who've been for a similar situation because it's not uncommon but a very old friend of my wife's and an old friend of mine. I mean, my wife has been friends with her since early childhood and I'd, I'd known her since I was a teenager. We are really good friends. She mm. got a new boyfriend. He was a nice bloke, really nice bloke. We all hung around together. This is before we had kids. We hung, hung around together a lot. 
went on holiday together, all this sort of stuff. And then, just after we'd had our first child, they split up a little bit out of the blue. We hadn't seen it coming. And anyway, we'd, we were really good friends with both of them by this stage, even though we'd known the girl longer. And um, the girl um, said she forbade us. She forbade my good wife and me from ever seeing the bloke she'd split up with because she was fuming. Fucking hell. And we said, no, we don't, we reject you your... Re- you rejected the the forbidding. The forbidding. We the said, forbidding no, forbidding, denied. And was that when she acted? We said, you know, come on, look, we don't know the rights and wrongs. I don't think there'd been any cheating or anything. It was just a breakup. You know, it's like they're never nice. Mm. And, um, but, you know, I can see her point of view too, looking back. And it was a real shame because she said, well, okay, I'm, uh, you've left me with no option, but to declare a blood feud. Henceforth, henceforth, we are engaged, our two families are engaged like the Montagues and Capulets in a lifetime blood feud. The blood feud has now commenced. That, sort of thing. Yeah, it yeah. was like that. And none of the, her family were able to communicate with us ever again. And it was that close that we knew her parents, her family and all that. And so, but, you know, listen, I'm not judging. It's a real shame because, you know, obviously I suppose she was heartbroken or upset. And so people make rash decisions and things like that. And, you know, sometimes I feel bad. I see what I feel really bad about is that they came over, these people with the blood feud which was the sister of the person who declared the blood feud. Oh, so it, and wasn't her, the, it wasn't the no, original It wasn't feuder. her, but they're very part of the blood feud. They had to be. They were under orders. But all they behaved... Yeah. I knew we were trapped, and I thought, if they want to really take the blood feud, they've got us trapped. If they want to kill us in our tents, we've yeah. got nowhere to run. They oh, came they'd be up, thinking they, the same about you. Yeah, exactly. So they approached Look, us, and I subtly... First, like you know me, I always assess threats, which means... I look at them, I pretend to be casual, but in fact, I'm assessing their body language. I'm assessing mm. their clothing to see if they're, they're carrying any concealed weapons, right? Mm. I assess yeah. them quickly and thoroughly. I didn't see any clear and present danger. They approached us and talked quite civilly, which was nice. The bloke one goes, so if you, he asked me if I'd seen the, the offending ex-boyfriend recently. And so I had to say, for information then. I had to say no. And that made me feel the beast kind of all because I thought, well, this blood feud was sparked over us insisting that we maintained a friendship with someone who, if I'm honest, I haven't really maintained much of a friendship with. So they've, they've immediately got the psychological upper hand over you. They've got you. the edge there. They go, yeah. they, they look to me as if to say, so was it all worth it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 15 years for nothing. Yeah, because, I mean, I am sort of mates with the guy still, but if I'm honest, we sort of exchange texts about three times a year and that's it. I don't think I've physically seen him in five years. He's just sort of scarping off and started a new life. He's he's the only one who didn't have any negative outcome from it. He's like two TFM dickheads. Wandered off, started again. Yeah. See you later, fuckers. So he's all right, and the rest of us are just engrossed in a fucking blood feud. But that was Senseless a dis- this was, that was a discombobulating start to the camping trip. I bet. Jalapeno. If you like what you've been listening to on Top Flight Time Machine, why not consider heading over to patreon.com slash Top Flight Time Machine, where you can subscribe. Uh, not only does your monthly subscription help support this podcast and keep it going, 
it also gives you access to a huge amount of extra exclusive content. Loads of extra episodes, yeah. You'll be getting an episode a day. And it costs less than a fiver, less than a pint. Whether you like it or not. Go to tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings to find out more and get involved. There's t-shirts and everything. I mean, for fuck's sake, what more do you want? Jalapeño. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Jalapeño. There was also yeah. a lot of iffy activities that they'd advertised very heavily in the literature we got in advance, but didn't turn out to right. be all they were. Like there was a circus skills bit. But all it was was a roped off, a small roped off area of grass near the food stalls where there was a hippie oh, claiming God. charging a fiver to teach you how to do a handstand. I was going to say, thought, circus skills, I bet it wasn't fucking lion teaming. Nah, nothing, sort of none of the good circus skills. Trapeze, none of that. Yeah, se- sexy trapeze. Clown, clown car, collapsing doors. The only good bit in a circus, in my mind, because I don't like circuses, yeah. Even the lion bits, because the animals always appear to be drugged, that's a bit upsetting. Yeah. The reason you really go, the dads, the reason the dads go is that there's usually a bit of sexy trapeze, isn't there? Yeah. So Some lass in a, a dead, dead, sparkly leotard doing sexy trapeze. There was none of that. This woman was just a hippie and in, a top in loose-fitting tie-dye, right? Mm. And she wanted to charge a fiver to teach me... And my good wife was like, go and do that. She wanted to take a picture to send to you or to tweet at you, <laughs> presumably just to troll me so that you could then yeah. abuse me. And so I knew what she was up to. And I said, no. She's like, Fair go off. Go get in there and they'll teach you how to do a handstand. I'm 45 years old. I'd love to do a handstand, but those that chance has, those, that ship sailed for me. I'm 45 years old, six foot two. I'm about 15 stone. I've got mm. a bad back. I'm never going to do a fucking handstand. And also... I question whether or not handstand is really a circus skill. I don't think it is. It's, a, it's, fuck it's just, it's it's a, just a handstand. It's it if you're a, a circus tumbler because the tumblers are pretty good as well. It's kind of like entry level tumbling, yeah. Isn't it? Doing a handstand and then so you take it from there. That was the sort of shit that was on offer. But you know, it is what it is, mate. You go glamping. What do you expect? 
what, what, what gut reaction? I know you're still a bit discombobulated from the whole thing. This gut reaction, would you do it again? No. <laughs> I can't say I completely regret going because I think, you know, it was something, it was a change of scene. The kids yeah. quite enjoyed themselves because they just wandered free, you know, going and getting themselves drinks and whatever it was mm. they were up to. That was quite a laugh. I had one fun bit where we were near the lake and there was people paddle boarding, which is you sort of stand on a floating surfboard and you've got a stick. And right. uh, they were floating past. And once in a while, we were sitting near the lake, so that's where our tent was around like a fire having a cup of tea. Once in a while, you'd hear a splash and you'd hear someone go, oh no, and then fall in. And I would shout, you're in, mate, bang, like that, which would really annoy my kids and my wife, right? <laughs> And then do you know what I did? They were like, stop it, it's really rude, it's out of order. And I said, they can't see me, they can't see you shouting. And they go, so what, it's really rude. So then I went, all right. So I walked off and I went right down to the to the riverbank, to the lake bank. And I was shouting. When someone went in, I was going, bang, you're in, mate. You're in, bang. And then I'd hide down when they looked over behind a bush. <laughs> and they'd look round and then they'd climb back out. And I'd track them <laughs> behind the bushes and wait for them to go in again. And go, rumble. Oh, you're back in. You're in the drink, mate. You're finished. You're out of the game. And then they'd look around and I'd be like, <laughs> behind the bush. <laughs> Amateur hour. Uh, yeah. You're a fucking joke. You're nothing. <laughs> what are you doing? You can't paddle board, you mug. Then hide. <laughs> oh, he's going to see me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm living red free inside your head. <laughs> You're gonna drown, mate, aren't you? Is it worth <laughs> it? How much do you pay for that? <laughs> so, did you not do any of the ex- um, excursions? No. Any of the activities? No. Or on offer? No. Nothing. They were shit. But you there weren't was a able sh- to escape. There was a shit grave, um, gravy golf. That would be a good idea. Crazy golf. But, like, I played the best game of crazy golf of my life last week in the Isle of Wight. 18 holes of what I would call psychedelic crazy golf. Mm. Like, in blacked out fucking disco rooms, balls shooting up vertically through hidden walls. It's brand new in Shanklin Seafront. It was amazing. I took um, my kids and two of my nieces, and we played an hour and a half's worth, 18 holes of the best crazy golf of my life. This crazy golf, it was like, it was like five foot by eight foot for the whole course and they were charging like four quid each and I was like fuck (laughs) off so the third day I just escaped we hiked all the way to the car park which was miles away (laughs) because they tried to hide it from they tried to effectively hide your cars from you so you couldn't escape they wanted you there because then you had to buy all the food from the trendy food stalls yeah captive audience and everything yeah so we escaped we got in the car and we drove down to a beach about 40 minutes away and spent down I mean, the beach, did they check your roll. luggage for custard? Did they check your luggage for custard creams and stuff on the way in? <laughs> Confiscate yeah. them. I had it all hidden down my pants, mate. <laughs> I had, You've done this before, haven't you? I had half a dozen Warburton's rolls and some cheese sli- <laughs> down my pants. I had some cheese slices <laughs> hidden in my socks <laughs> and a tube of wine gums up my bum. So you escaped? Did you escape to go and watch the Champions League final? Then, because that no, was the plan. No, we watched it? we watched that on Wi-Fi uh, by our tent on uh, last night on a on the iPad, and it wasn't bad. We got a decent stream, but while we All were right. watching it, there was this dickhead at, <laughs> at a sort of a pop up bar 
um, a couple of hundred Fuck. feet away called the Fat Pony Social Club. That's what they'd called this place. <clears throat> it was a pub on a campsite. The what? And the he, Fat Pony? Fat Pony Social Club. Fuck yeah. And he was playing songs on his piano, and he was a, he was a proper hipster with a beard and everything. And he, oh, in between God. songs, he was like, "Right, guys, hope you're liking the vibes. This next one's by George Ezra, right?" And we <laughs> did, would try. And did, we he, could, did he do Dancing in the Moonlight? Of course, he fucking did. Of course, he fucking did. All the songs he was doing at first were just songs like that, and you just thought, "This is what the people want here. They're dreary people. They want yeah. now. That's what I call cunts music." Right, it's the ninety-seven percent in action, isn't it? Yeah, and I thought, let him have it, let him ruin all these already shit songs. But then when he started <laughs> yeah. doing quite good songs, I got more annoyed. Like first he did September by Earth, Wind and Fire, and I was thinking, mate, don't be a dickhead. This, by the way, was while we were trying to concentrate on the game. And Len said to me, when it gets to half time, I'm walking up to the fat social, fat pony social club, and I'm going to punch that man in his balls. <laughs> and I went, listen, you can't do that, son. It's not on. But I feel your pain, right? But secretly, I was proud of him for coming up with the idea. Because yeah. the man deserved it. First of September, then he did Gangster's Paradise by Coolio, which, although Coolio subsequently became a sort of a bit of a joke figure after you went on Big Brother, end of day, right, Gangster's Paradise is a pretty powerful commentary on poverty, social degradation mm. and crime in black urban America. And yeah. this guy was a white middle-class hipster at some sort of creepy festival, glamping <laughs> festival in Dorset, right? Singing it and playing it on a piano in the Jules Holland boogie-woogie style. And I just thought, <laughs> ah, it's not on, mate. You crossed the line here. <laughs> Stay in your fucking lane, pal. It's cultural Stay appropriation. And then he did... And and then he broke the biggest rule of all, of karaoke, yeah. cover versions, anything. He did a Whitney track. And I'm like, my policy is always stay away from Whitney. Unless you are Whitney, <clears throat> yeah, stay yeah. away from Whitney. Which you're not. You're going to make a cunt out of yourself dead. and everyone else living. Everyone yeah. else listening. So just stay away. He did that. And at that stage, I was half a mind say to Len, all right, son, go on. Yeah. One, one punch, that's it. What do you say and to a dog yeah. when you when you set an attack dog on someone? Sick, sick. That's what you say, don't you? Do you? Don't, don't they say sick like that when they let the Alsatian go to bite someone on the balls? I don't know, I've not been in that situation. You haven't been in before. that situation. You, no, you never owned an yet, attack anyway. dog. No, no. It's still my dog, Christ. No. But I can't complain, really. I knew what I was yeah. getting into. It was a change of scene. And a change is as good as a rest. You get away. I was in the countryside for the weekend. I spent some time on the beach. I was at one with nature. So <clears throat> This is it. This is what I'm looking at. I'm thinking I need to get away. I, uh, I need to do something. I should be in Portugal right now. And I think that's why I'm oh, irritable. Oh, yeah. The Luxury Games I mean? Retreat. Yeah. I'm looking at Airbnb for this weekend. A couple mm, of nights somewhere. Away. Just to fucking get away. Yeah. Not just, the glamping thing, though. No. Don't, don't do that. that. Get Anything somewhere. Like get somewhere made of brick. And yeah, if I yeah. if I was forced to go really back is. and I could make one change, I would have definitely brought my own pillow. Ah, oh, did you not do that? I didn't do it because I, I wanted know. to. I thought I was being all SAS, and I thought I'd pack really light because I didn't want a tent full of shit. And my yeah. wife said, "Are we packing the pillows?" I went, "Don't be silly. We'll we'll survive with whatever pillows they provide." We did not survive <laughs> with the pillows provided. No, it was terrible. Oh well. Oh well. Well, you alone. did it, and that's the main thing. Mm. Um, we've got uh, we've had some emails for Roger Taylor haven't we yeah ask Roger 
Yeah, Roger um, Taylor's our new consumer got. and personal <clears throat> finance advice correspondent, yeah. isn't he? Uh, first, first one uh, is from Dave Apocalypse on Twitter, and he says, uh, Roger seems to be favouring the multinational franchises with his coupon extravaganza, mm. which, of course, he touched on in a recent episode. Mm. What are his opinions on saving at locally ran restaurants? Does he even care? Oh. What do you, Roger? I take offence at that. Yeah, sure. I keep a sharp eye out for vouchers to get money off at some of the big national chains. But believe it or not, the place I eat at most regularly when I do eat out with my wife is a local trattoria called Topo Gijos. <laughs> and recently I've been supporting them by making use of the Eat Out to Help Out scheme that the government have introduced, <laughs> whereby on weekdays you will get 50% off your bill, supplemented by Rishi Sunak. Last week... Who's a great guy who I've met on a couple of occasions? I've met him twice. I've got his phone number. In fact, I helped him out when he was uh, planning the bounce back loans. Gave him a bit of advice, gratis. <laughs> Last week, my wife and I went to our favourite tutorial, Topo Gijo. I've been going there for years. I know the proprietor. I'll tell you what I had. Now, unusually, but this is common for me, I st- a lot of people have a coffee after their meal, not me. I always start the meal with a latte, grande latte. You know why? It helps my digestion to first coat my stomach with milk. A nutritionist, a nutritionist who we kept, who we brought on tour with us back in the eighties when Freddie was still alive. He gave me that tip, and I've always stuck by it. Plus, the caffeine, an early injection of caffeine, keeps me on top form conversationally throughout the night. Me and my wife have been together a long time. Unless I stay caffeinated, the conversation can dry up quickly. I'm talking like before the starters have even been finished. So I have a, I have a latte with an extra shot in it. I try, but I ring ahead and I tell them, I'm not going to say in front of the wife that I want an extra shot. She might take offence. But whenever I order a coffee, put an extra shot in it. So I started with a latte. My wife has one too. She doesn't have the extra shot. I have sizzling prawns for starters done Sicilian me- style. <laughs> My extra shot gives me the upper hand in the conversation, which is just how I like it. She doesn't know what's hit her. The caffeine kicks in when the starter arrives. I always have the same thing, Sicilian-style sizzling prawns. They arrive on a piping, a red-hot tray straight out of the oven. On a skillet. On a skillet. They're making a right racket, which I like. It gets the juices in my mouth already activated. The sound alone is enough to get my taste buds Awoken. I had that. Then I have tagliatelle al fungi, which is simply pasta with mushrooms and a bit of cream. Uh, I always have that. And then for afters, I have tiramisu. And then I'll have another latte, right? Just to cap things off. The extra layer of milk encases encases the food in my stomach. And it keeps the chat going all the way home in the Uber. I've usually had two glasses of the house white, which means I'm slightly over the limit, which means I don't drive the Passat down there. Sometimes I'll drive the Passat there and then I'll leave it there if I've had over one glass of the house white and I get an Uber back and then I'll stroll back to Topo Gijo's the next day and pick up the Passat. Uh, Also, the fresh air helps clear my head. I've got a little bit of a hangover. Here's what happened. The bill came to £56. It was a Tuesday night. I invoked... Rashi Sunak's eat out to help out deal. 
That brought it down to just over £25. But they were doing a two-for-one deal. Tuesday's two-for-one. They've been doing it at Topo Gigio's for over a year now. I invoked that. The bill was brought down to £13. Then I hit them with my loyalty card. When you get six stamps on the Topo Gigio loyalty card, you get £15 off. In the end, Topo Gigio's owed me £1. Now, I've done my maths in advance before going there, and I'd actually printed out an invoice for the £1 they owed me in advance. When they came and presented me with the bill, I countered the bill with the invoice that I'd printed out. I flipped the situation on its head (laughs) right in front of their eyes. I said, no, Angelo. Angelo's the proprietor's name. It's, in fact, you who owes me money. (laughs) And I'm going to have to insist on a tip from you as well. (laughs) Well, it didn't end well. Angelo, in the end, when I got my my legal team, or I threatened to get my legal team involved, he knew I had him cornered. So he paid me my pound, but he has banned me from Topo Gijos for three months, which is a real shame because me and my wife like to eat there at least once a week. Um, but I think that the moral victor was me. So I think that answers your question. I, I do I think, enjoy yeah. supporting local restaurants, but unfortunately local restaurants sometimes don't understand how I'm trying to help them. I think uh, I'll be favouring the, uh, the multinationals for the next three months, at least. And I happen Maybe to longer. know that Coates have a fantastic deal on brunches at the moment. So fuck <laughs> you, Angelo, if you're listening. I'll be going to Coke this Tuesday with my wife and making use of not only the Rishi Sunak Eat Out to Help Out scheme, but also their fantastic brunch offer. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you what, let's do some more Roger on Friday's episode. We'll leave yeah, it there. We've got a few. Because mm. we've got a few more questions for him to answer. This is going to run and run. Um, all right, thanks very much for listening, everyone. We'll be back throughout the week with all the usual shit um, on the IFS. Until um, then. Take the FN. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 